Good morning and good coffee, everybody. Hey, it's Morning Coffee with Larry, and I am glad to be here with you today. Uh, wasn't really wanting to get up when the alarm went off at four. I was in the middle of a good dream, but to save my life, I couldn't tell you what the dream was. <laughs> But it was a fun dream. Anyway, uh, glad you're here. And today is Tuesday, October 15th. We are halfway through October. Uh, I cannot believe it. This is crazy that time passes so fast. I know I complain about it all time. And I probably always will because I'm getting old. So I just have to do those kind of things. Oh, but yesterday had the day off for Columbus Day and uh, spent, what was it, five hours? Five hours out running errands and uh, getting different things. Um, had to run to, um, what do you call it, Rural King. Had to pick up some cattle panels, some T-posts. Uh, and get them strapped onto the pontoon boat trailer because that's the one that can haul 16-foot-long cattle panels. What we're doing is we're setting up a large pen uh, inside the buck pen, but right next to the chicken house, the hen house. And what our plans are is we're going to set that up for our Great Pyrenees um, livestock guardian dog in training, um, and, uh, Adelaide. And so she can be with the animals, but not inside the, the pen with them. So, because she's still too puppy, too much puppy in her and she chases and does not listen. So She's a spoiled puppy. <laughs> Actually, Great Pyrenees do not like the word no. They are very independent thinkers. So we're going to set up this pen so she's around them, getting used to them, getting bonded to them. But we're, uh, we're simply not going to let her run loose in them. So that will be her winter pen. We're going to be setting up a, a shelter. We're going to be setting up the, uh, the doghouse. And for those of you who get upset about animals being outside, you have to look at it being breed specific. And this breed actually carries a double coat um, all year long. And that keeps them cooler in the summer and it keeps them warm in the winter. And you can where you know, like last year when we had um, our other Great Pyrenees uh, were with the goats, one on those exceptionally cold days, you know, the goats were in their shelters, uh, their enclosed buildings and the Pyrenees. Nope. They were outside because they were getting overheated and they were outside enjoying laying in the snow, in the sun and, and doing it that way. So they're, they're designed that way. So we had that, had to pick up a, a gate at Menards. I just, too many things. Couldn't believe it took five hours to get that all done, but it did. So that leads us to today. Hey, I wanted to start going through, um, and last night I was doing this, sorting through all the different things that I brought home from the AACC conference. I've got a stack on the floor of things that I'm going to be pitching because they 
you get these little bags and they've got it stuffed with stuff. Then everywhere you walk, people are poking papers at you. And I don't think I'm going to be going to seminary anytime soon. And a lot of the residential programs were from uh, quite a distance away. So not going to uh, worry about those. But I did want to go through workshop items with you, some of the breakout sessions. And the the first workshop that I attended uh, is the one that I want to cover today because I mean, when this guy handed me the handout and I looked at it, I was like, oh my gosh, this looks perfect for uh, for covering with the uh, this podcast. So the uh, the speaker, his name is Jim Burns, and he's a PhD. He has a ministry called uh, Homeward, and I'll just read a little bit about it. Now, uh, one of the things that he pointed out was that back in the 90s, he was involved with Promise Keepers and was a speaker at many of the events. Uh, the more I listen to him and, and look at him, I'm wondering if he wasn't at the first event that I was at. Uh, but what I, the the topic that he covered, and so this may you know be one that's uh, relevant to many of you, is uh, was titled "Doing Life with Your Adult Children: Keep Your Mouth Shut and Your Welcome Mat Out." So that looked like a pretty good one. And let me just give you a summary here. It says there was a time in the not too distant past where children graduated from high school entered college, the military, or the workforce, and quite quickly transitioned towards becoming responsible adults. For a majority of parents, that is no longer the situation. Our culture has changed, and many parents are baffled by a failure to launch, violated values, entitlement, and a host of other issues with today's emerging adults. In this session, we will look at practical ways to help parents give their adult children a passport towards adulthood. Okay, so that sounded like a pretty good workshop. And uh, so I, he, um, he gave us a really nice handout. Uh, and that's what I want to get into today. So he covers... And I don't know how many sessions that, uh, or how many podcasts I'm going to dedicate to this, but he has nine different principles. And I think some of these may go quicker than others, but let me just jump right in. Principle number one, he, title, he starts it off with, at the top of the page, you're fired, with an exclamation point. <laughs> Principle one, your role as their parent must change. Be nice to your adult children. After all, they will most likely be the ones who will eventually take away your car keys and usher you into the convalescent care facility. I'm not sure if that was one of his quotes or one that he had heard. But that's that's a key thing. As, as your kids, you know, grow up, uh, as they become and transition into adulthood, um, that role has to change. And he um, he kind of made the, the the comment, "Wow, sure didn't see that one coming." Of course, we all should. We all should. But some people they enjoy parenting. 
They enjoy having their kids at home. And that transition is, uh, is a tough one. Some parents also have become very, in. I'm going to say, over-involved in their parents' life. And what I'm talking about here is not a healthy involvement, but this is where um, you hear the term helicopter parents, where they are hovering over their kids to keep anything bad or mistakes from happening. Uh, they, uh, they, they are always intervening with their kids, who, for many of them, their kids can't do any wrong, and it's a bad system that they're dealing with, whether it's in sports or school or other things. Those folks are going to have a very hard time with the idea of changing their role. Another one are, are those who are more of like a snowplow parent, Snowplow parents are, they're letting their kids walk, but they are plowing the road ahead of them and making it easy for them to have the success that they want to have. And that also, once you get into the the cab of the snowplow and you start doing that all the time, then all of a sudden that becomes a hard transition as well. So one of his recommendations is, parents, get emotionally healthy. You need to be. You need to be emotionally healthy. If this is what you're doing, if you didn't see this coming, or if you are doing those kind of things where your kids are not you know, growing up, uh, get emotionally healthy because that could be part of the dance that you have with them. And there is a loss. There is grief involved. I've experienced that as when my kids started, you know, when they started transitioning in a way that they started moving away, uh, that, that was a hard one. That was grief. That was a sense of loss because I had dedicated myself to trying to do what I could for my kids and raising them and sacrifices that I made, putting parts of my career on hold, putting different things on hold, because that's what you do as a parent. But letting go of our children, or uh, letting our children go must be counted as a necessary loss. A necessary loss. We've got to do it. If we don't, well, let me ask you this. Did you like your when your parents seemed to hold on too long to you? No, you did not. You did not. I remember as a very young adult uh, talking about how not only did my mom not want to cut the apron strings, she fastened uh, a log chain <laughs> to my leg, said, now try to get away. No, that wasn't real, but that was my perception. Perceptions aren't always right, are they? So it is a necessary loss. We do need to. The relationship that you have with your children is the most unique one in the world for this fact, if this this is the only one. Every other relationship starts off with uh, not really knowing the person, getting to know them more, and if the relationship lasts you get stronger and stronger and closer and closer in the relationship. 
With your kids, it's the exact opposite. They start off as these completely vulnerable, innocent, uh, needy little creatures. Needy little knockoffs of ourselves. And from that point on, they want more and more independence. They don't want to be held. They want to crawl. They they don't want us to put them in the pumpkin seat or, or in the stroller, I mean, and they want to walk. You know, they're, they, they want, uh, first they don't want to have to go to school. Then they don't want mom and dad to drive them to school or they don't want, you know, they want to take the bus. They want, they want mom and dad to drop them off a block away from school. So their friends don't see that they're getting dropped off all those kinds of things. And by the way, just kind of thinking about this, what's all this about parent pickup and drop off all the time? I mean, the school buses. That was that was what I always had to take except whenever I was going through some bullying situations and then mom would drop me off a a block away from school. <laughs> but we got we got to get okay with the loss that it changes. We don't lose the relationship. It changes. If we don't, if we don't let it change, then it's possible we could lose it whenever they do what they can to break free of the apron strings. And you see, it's one of the things that is happening now. What what people are seeing, what I have seen, and I'm sure you have seen also. You know, going back to uh, what the uh, presenter had in his you know, description of the workshop. Um, these kids uh, today, not all of them, but but a significant portion, uh, they're, they're not following this path that we knew for transitioning into independence and adulthood. Uh, they're more, the word he, the way he, the phrase he used was kids meander towards adulthood. You know, meandering is a winding, wandering path. It's not a laser-focused one. You know, whenever I graduated, I knew what I was going to do. I was going to be a teacher. I didn't know exactly which subject, and it changed once I got into college. But I knew what I was going to do. That's what my goal was. And whenever I graduated and I couldn't find a job, my goal was then to, uh, you know, stay in the same, stay in the field, but, you know, work something different. But, you know, the idea of being unemployed was not an option in my head. And I was wanting to get my own apartment or get a roommate, uh, but I wound up staying at home until, and that was at uh, my parents' logical urging, saying, you can save up money, uh, you know, for your, you know, your future home, for your you know, marriage and everything, whenever that comes along, if you're not wasting it on rent. And both my parents, they stayed at home for an extended period of time. They were both, uh, came from farming families. Um, mom was, how old was mom? Mom was 32 when she got married, I believe, and dad was 37. And they had lived at home prior to that. So that was kind of in the norm for them. But I left home when I got married at 26. But I was working all that time. I had a career going. I had also completed a master's degree during that time. And what we need to do as parents as we are working with them um, 
on their their road to adulthood is really kind of have a parallel journey. Uh, we're letting them do the different things. We're giving them the space, but also realize that a lot of them are going to be meandering towards adulthood, um, being able to, and making, um, probably I would say making some unique decisions that at this point we may not think are necessarily the wisest, but if we were in their shoes, we would probably think it was a, would be a great adventure. An example that they, uh, gave was, uh, they had, uh, he has, uh, I'm trying to think if it was a son or a daughter. I think it was a, I think it was a daughter uh, that was married, no kids, live in California, both have great jobs. And they had an opportunity with their company to work in New York City for a year and then go back. And he was like, well, why would you want to do that? Just move across country for that length of time. You've got all the, you know, hassle and struggle and everything doing that transition. And they said, well, we're not going to buy and we're not going to rent. It's too expensive. We're just going to make arrangements to live in Airbnbs for one to two weeks at a time and just live with the minimal amount of stuff and live in different parts of the city for a year while we work at, and they had very high paying jobs. You know, when I, putting myself in my mindset as a parent, I'd be like, that's crazy. That's crazy. But then if I put myself, if I was in their shoes, that would be a really cool adventure. You know, with, um, uh, with my, my, my younger of, of the five kids, my younger two, uh, they've done some interesting things that, <clears throat> you know, I kind of questioned a bit at first, uh, just doing a year of school in Ireland and Aaron, uh, putting a pause on his college to do, uh, first two years of internships with the National Park Service, then working a seasonal temporary position uh, with the National Park Service. You know, it was like, I'd like for him to finish his college, but this was, you know, his his reasoning was, this, this is something that, you know, I've got the opportunity to do. Uh, it's, it's, it's something that will, you know, he saw as being an enhancement to what he hoped to do in the future. And, you know, he's, there's a meandering. So my, my time here, I'm kind of keeping track a bit. The bottom part of this particular principle talks about a new job description for the parents. First of all, give your kids a passport to adulthood. And I think what he was, you know, kind of implying here with a passport to adulthood is a passport gives you uh, the freedom to go to or explore different countries and learn more about the world. And kind of a passport to adulthood, I kind of think in the same way, it gives a person the ability to try out different things as they work towards adulthood. 
this generation is different from past. They can't be the same because their growing up experience was entirely different. And so simply, this is your course locked in doesn't work for them. There's a rejection of that. You know, my growing up, my ability to see what was around the world was limited to an occasional television show that may cover something about another part of the world, you know, like Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom. But otherwise, it was the encyclopedia set that sat on a shelf in the living room. These kids have had exposure. These young adults, these gen, uh, um, millennials and Gen Zs, for the generations there, they have, you know, the younger ones, they've grown up where they have no memory of a time period where there wasn't Google, where there wasn't YouTube, where there wasn't social media. They have, they have no memory of a time when that wasn't there. Instant communication for free anywhere with anyone around the globe. You know, I mean, this was the dreams that was hard to even conceive or impossible to conceive when I was their age. So we can't, we can't tell them, you know, well, just be like us. This is how we were because it's entirely different. It'd be this in a way it's, you can't even compare it for us if we said, okay, Imagine what it's like to go back to the 1700s because there has been vastly more change between the 1700s and when I grew up and what's happened now between when I grew up and when my kids grew up, which was only a few years. The change has been so drastic. Parents, stop parenting with control. You're going to do this or else. You're not going to do this or else. Stop the control part. It just isn't that effective. Practice the doesn't really matter mindset. Have you ever watched some couple argue and they're having a heated discussion or they're having a fight? And you're watching it, it may be brief, but you're watching it, and then all of a sudden crosses your mind, what the heck are they really fighting about? Is it really something that even matters? Well, what his recommendation is practice the doesn't really matter mindset. When you when your adult kids are wanting to do something or they're doing something different from what you would, ask yourself, is this just is this really something of serious concern? Or is this one of these, it just doesn't matter kind of things? It's different. They're different people. They have different views of things. Is this one of those that is just a doesn't really matter and it doesn't need to turn into an argument between you and your adult kids? 
Another uh, part of the new job description is be caring, but don't enable dependency. Be caring. Care about your kids. My gosh, of course, care about your kids. Love on your kids. Be there for your kids, but don't enable dependency. You know, if you've got an adult kid that's not in school, they need to be working. And trying to make money, you know, uh, getting subscribers to watch them play Fortnite every day, that that field's already flooded. Uh, there's only a handful of people that get watched all the time, and there are only a handful that actually make the money. That is a cop-out excuse, and they need to be expected to have a job or working on a career or working in the career. You know, does a kid need to be moved out by a certain date or a certain age? That's going to depend upon a lot of other factors and that kind of advice I wouldn't toss out there as far as what's the best time. But I can look at a situation and say, this has gone on too long. You know, when you've got a, uh, you know, a kid who is no longer a kid, is, you know, well into their 20s, they won't get a job. They're living off the parents' dime. Uh, they expect their parents to, you know, do everything for them because mom or dad or both are wanting to do everything for them. Yeah, that's dependency. That's dependency. You don't want to raise kids. You want to raise strong, healthy, mature, independent adults that can care for themselves. And when you do this, you know, um, they're going to get stronger and they're going to see you eventually in a more positive light than simply somebody that they know they're taking advantage of. And finally, on, on this particular one, um, leave a lasting legacy. You know, there are very important things, character traits, there are very important values that we want to instill in our kids. And sometimes they're just, they're not, they're not getting transitioned into the kids. And so think about what are the most important ones? What are the most important ones? Maybe they're not adopting them right now. But as they grow into adulthood more and more, they're going to see and appreciate that more and more. And that will stand out. All right. That's it for today. You're fired. <laughs> Tune in tomorrow. And uh, we will look at principle number two, and I will give you a little topic teaser. It is titled, Keep Your Mouth Shut and Your Welcome, mouth, your welcome Mat Out. Unsolicited advice is usually taken as criticism. Ooh, that one's kind of painful for a person who's a therapist who just wants their kids to do everything that I know. <laughs> 
But you know what? That doesn't work, does it? All right. Well, we will see you all tomorrow. I'm going to finish my coffee and then uh, get ready for the day. All right. Have a great one. Take care. Bye.